Welcome everyone to the Parent Advocate Podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Chikumba. My pronouns are he, him, and his, and I'm joined by my awesome co-host, Lisette Trujillo. Each week, we bring you our take on things happening in the world from the perspective of two parents of BIPOC transgender kids. This is our third episode, and we hope to continue to bring you engaging and thought-provoking content. And this week, we're excited to be interviewing Dr. Scholar Lee. So welcome once again to the show. Let's get started. All right, everybody. I just want to say happy 420. Um, <laughs> it's it's one of those days that every year it comes around. I'm always excited. It's the eve of my anniversary of birth. So I get to blaze into tomorrow <laughs> in a nice haze. Um, and Is tomorrow, does that leap make you an Aries? Are we double Aries? It actually makes me a Taurus because I'm on the cusp. Oh, yes. Okay. So, but I, I will tell you that I, my rising sign is Aries. So we do have a lot of comments. So I actually present this is what I found out going through all the horoscope, you know, Zodiac things is that I present as an Aries, even though I am an actual Taurus mm. who knew. And my, what is the third sun rising and I think my moon sign is Libra. So the scales, you know, former attorney, you know, all, I got all the things going on. I got all the things going on, Lisette. Um, but you know what? Every week I'm always asking you what you did and how did your week go? And you know what? I'm going to talk to you about my week first, if that's all right with you. Is that okay, okay with you? Yes, of course. I want to know. All right. So my kid just told me that because he's just such an amazing student, he has been given the honor of throwing the first pitch out at a Trenton Thunders baseball game this summer. So the first game of the season, he's throwing the first pitch of the first game at the Trenton Thunders, like Brad Popper That's moment. So exciting. Okay. Yeah. Like who knew that this dude was doing it so well that these people are out here trying to give him all types of honors and awards. Well, I mean, I kind of knew because I'm his dad, but still, I was like, okay, let me find out. The world's noticing. The I world is it. clearly noticing. And the world, I think, is actually trying to give me like some time back because I've been coaching like rec soccer for my kids since they were like kinder kickers, since like four or five. Every year with every single one of them, I would volunteer to coach for the league and they would always pick me. And so I've been out here on Sundays and weekdays doing practices and going to games. And it's just been exhausting. And so Fu, he's 13. He's playing rack. We signed him up for spring soccer. I signed up to be the coach and I finally got a reprieve. They did not pick me to be the head coach for the team. They didn't pick me to be an assistant coach. They didn't pick me for anything. I can just be a parent on the sidelines yelling. So I was very, very happy. Fuji was like, oh, I was like, yeah. Oh, I was like, <laughs> I did you ever see the movie with Will Ferrell where he's the coach? Yes. I were you that coach? Yes, I'm that okay. coach. I'm screaming <laughs> from the sidelines, talking to these kids like they're adults getting paid. It's terrible, but but the the, the kids seem to enjoy it. You know, I am a motivational coach at the very least, and they get better every year because, of course, Nigerian kid playing soccer now coaching soccer and coaching his kids playing soccer. They're all going to get better, damn it, if by hook or by crook. Um, and then the, the, the I, I guess the most, not important thing, but the most significant thing that happened this week was the, I'm going to call it the disagreement that I had with one of, one of my frat brothers about trans women and girls playing sports mm. because he considers himself an ally, thinks that, you know, all of what's happening to trans people is wrong, except as it relates to trans girls and women playing sports. And 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 literally, Lisette, when I tell you, like I was finna go through my screen and punch him in his mouth, that's where I was because he was just saying all of the talking points of transphobes. Like, and notwithstanding the fact that I was coming with all the receipts, I was like, mm -hmm. okay, this scientific study, this survey, these, the history of organized sports at the high school and collegiate level, 
The fact that world sporting organizations actually had rules in place for decades, which allowed transgender people to participate in sport. The fact that transgender people have been participating in sports for years without issue. It's only when a single successful transgender person does something that suddenly the world becomes unfair. And literally it was like nothing I could do. There was nothing I could say. There was no reasoning with him. I was just like, you know what? I'm just going to send you these articles. You're going to read them. And then we're going to come back to this conversation because otherwise I'm going to throttle you and I love you too much to do so. And I realize that, you know, sometimes we really do have to, 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 to have grace for people because when I started on my journey, I thought the same thing. I thought the same thing that if boys are playing with girls, they have an unfair advantage until I actually did the math and actually started to do the research and realized, man, I've just been talking smack for years. I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. And unfortunately, I don't think enough of us do the research and actually absorb the information. They want to just continue to parrot talking points and don't really know what they're talking about. So I was just like, all right, you know what, frat? We're going to have to agree to disagree, but I'm going to come back to you and you better have read that stuff and we're going to have a different conversation. So I'm going to see the floor because I'm, I'm getting hot all over again, thinking about that conversation. And no. that's not what we're, that's not what we're here for. Well, and I often remind people, right, when I get asked about access to care in sports all the time, as you know, and so I remind people that the reason why they message tested around sports and medical care is because you can reduce people to just body parts in order to talk about sports. You talk about bodies in order to talk about access to care. You talk about bodies and you no longer see a whole human being who's participating in something in their lives. Right. And so that often makes people pause. Um, It's a, it's a hard conversation. It's an, I think it's an unjust conversation when we talk about medical advancements and, and young trans girls playing sports in the state of Arizona, NCLR just filed a lawsuit against the state for their ban on trans girls in sports. I was really excited to see that they finally put that out. Um, But there's just so much going on. So much. Yeah, there's so much. What's been going on in your life? Well, you know, we're still fighting the crazy church um, at the bridge that's still attacking our school district and wanting to uh, change the non-discrimination policy um, and just being in meetings and working and juggling life as a mom. This weekend, I'm off with Debbie, Rachel, and Jennifer. Um, we're going to Las Vegas to present at the NEA. Um, so nice. that's exciting. We're getting ready to leave tomorrow. And I believe you have a trip coming up, right? Are I you do. Headed out? I am headed to Texas for the BTAC conference. That's the Black Transgender Advocacy Conference. Um, and in fact, as you will find out later, one of our guests today is actually going to be there with me. So, um, but I, I don't want to. I don't want to let the cat out of the bag quite yet. Let's still talk about uh, what we got on our agenda before we get to him. And and honestly, <clears throat> this is a great way to segue because I have been waiting to talk to you about. The Trump family. Now, if you do not know who the Trump family is, that's the Trump family. Fred Trump realized that the last name would probably subject the family to scorn in America. And so he changed it from Trump, D-R-U-M-M-D-R-U-M-P-F, sometimes there's a T, to Trump, T-R-U-M-P. It sounds a lot more, you know, Saxon, Anglo-Saxon, Christian Protestant. (laughs) All the things they wanted to be. Then all the things, exactly. But that family has just shown their whole asses once again. Donald Trump was at the NRA, um, of course, because, you know, Donald Trump. And he was lamenting gun violence and the reason for gun violence in this country. And do you know what he said? I'm going to give you one guess. Did he blame it on trans people? He blamed it on trans people. He, he said did. he's a horrible person. Gender affirming care is why transgender people are so violent. And so the issue isn't guns. The issue isn't unrestricted access to guns. The issue isn't children with guns. The issue isn't people with mental health issues with guns. The issue isn't the proliferation of guns across the country. The issue is transgender people getting gender affirming care because 
uh, duh, who doesn't know that? He's just wild. And it's going to, this level of rhetoric just gets so dangerous for our kids. It's so stressful. Um, I wish people would take away his microphone. Like he needs no platform. He really doesn't. He needs to be muzzled. You know, it's like sometimes you see those really wild frothing dogs out and people got them on the chain leashes with the muzzles on because they know that if you don't have the muzzle on the dog, he's going to do something untoward to somebody. Mm -hmm. That's what he needs. He needs one of those things on his orange, stupid head, covering his face, even one of those gag balls that you see in, in uh, the uh, sadomasochist you know, pictures where the big ball strapped to, he needs one of those. Just something that just something tells him he can't talk. that will prevent him from talking. But, you know, then we have to include all of his dumb offspring that speak with the same thing. We have to put the same thing on them because Donald Jr., the dumb one, had, a, had he has a, a podcast. And on his podcast, he was complaining about how Dylan Mulvaney got these branding deals with all of these companies to do these. Good for her. Great, which is awesome. I mean, her. but not to the Trumps who right. feel that any of these co-endorsement or branding deals for any of these transgender celebrities is only occurring because the trans mafia is controlling the media and making these deals happen. Oh my God, I want to be part of this group. <laughs> I'm trying to tell you, if if there was actually- I want to be part of this trans mafia. Sign and me put up. on what? your trans flag. <laughs> like, what are you saying? What are you saying? Or are we putting like, like marshmallow peeps in people's beds? Like you pull back the sheath and there's a big like, marshmallow ah, peep. Yeah, like, oh, no. for you. like what <laughs> are you talking mafia? about? What are you talking about? I, I, I can't even wrap my mind around. No, that's a good name for it, though. I was, I was just talking to Daniel about how I'm always in awe in the ways in which community shows up and cares for one another, right? Like, people okay. will throw down for their trans loved ones. They're like, I'm, I got you. Like, maybe, maybe we are. So I'm not mad at co-opting the term. I, 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 <laughs> perfectly. I'm perfectly okay with taking that and putting a shirt like trans mafia repping, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, TF? like what? But to, to, to blame the trans mafia in media for creating branding opportunities for transgender people. Like, I'm not even sure what his issue is. Like anytime there is some event, brands are looking to link with people to highlight the brand and their right. connection to the community. So if it's St. Patty's Day, there's a St. Patty's Day Budweiser can. If it's you know, Independence Day, if it's Arbor Day, there's so many opportunities for brands to partner with people. Why does this particular one get them all in a tizzy? I don't know. Well, we know because of their because they're hateful. We know. I think to I think to Dylan Mulvaney's credit. She really sparked some excitement in kids. Like Absolutely. not, not, I mean, and I, I say kids broadly, my kid's 15. So adolescence, but Daniel was so moved by her excitement in every one of her Instagram posts. Like she was like, it's day 265. Like she mm. was so excited about who she was Absolutely. and how she was experiencing gender in the world that I think it made people feel like that happiness and that's contagious. And so- I'm so happy for her, but she, I, she did anything that she was tagged in or, or any, or if you shared one of her posts, there were trolls that would just show up. There was one day I shared one of her posts and I got like 10 troll comments, which I'd never gotten before. And so I think that she put herself out there and must have the thickest layer of skin ever because she was, she was so happy all the way through. I'm so happy for her. Yes. I, I, I mean, I'm going to be honest. Uh, my fiance put me on to her because, you know, she's like, you should follow this person. You should follow this person. And so she has really put in front of me a lot of amazing people. But Dylan's journey, like, I don't know what day I, I found her on her journey of girldom, but she was just so excited. Her energy 
is effusive, her, her enthusiasm, her just joy. And so it's like, yeah, if I were a young person looking for other people to model, to follow, to listen to, like her voice, Jeffrey Marsh's voice, these are people who have nothing but positivity, love and joy coming out of them that it's like, yeah, I, I, I can understand why as a brand looking to connect with audiences, I would follow a Dylan Mulvaney. I would be like, yeah, I'm going to attach my, you know, my, my heart to her caboose because my caboose to her train, whatever you understand what I'm saying, because she's really, she's doing something positive. She's doing something uplifting. She's a, a, a voice that I think people will listen to, will follow and is authentic. So you know, yeah. And it goes to that piece that our kids who've been like, like my son, Daniel, mm-hmm. who's been like, this is year five of anti-trans legislation, that trans joy, right? Like, it doesn't matter what you throw at us, we're going to be joyful. And it's kind of, it leads into our, our guest, which I'll let you um, segue into, but you know, that, that spiritual piece, that joyful piece, that's really important when we are um, taking up space in the world, so. Absolutely, I mean, and that is a perfect segue set. So everyone, today we have Dr. Scholar Lee. Uh, Dr. Lee is a black man of transgender experience who has been leading individuals, families, and community groups, as well as professional organizations to overcome the challenges associated with being gender variant, as well as the challenges associated with being a parent caregiver or relative of a transgender or gender non-conforming family member. A prolific public speaker, author, facilitator, Dr. Lee is frequently sought out for his inspirational speaking and compassionate approach to helping his clients lead rewarding and fulfilling lives. Everyone, please welcome Dr. Scholar Lee to our show. Yay, we're so excited. Hello, 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 everybody. Peace and love. Dr. Lee, before Lizette joined, you and I were talking about the fact that you were our first trans guest um, of our show ever. We're not going to get like ahead of ourselves. We only have three episodes, but you are still a first for us. And as we were talking about kind of things that are happening in this country, we talked about just how much hostility there is towards transgender people in this country. And so as a person of trans experience, how do you feel about the current slate of anti-trans legislation in states across the country? Overall, it's just it's just disheartening to see um, ignorance at such a magnitude. Um, to just sum it up, it's just a repeat of history, right? The repeat of the public crucifixion of Jesus, <laughs> the repeat of, you know, a, a variety of things. And, and, you know, it's just a, it just tells the world that when you live in your truth, despite what that looks like, it's the number one cause of death. You know, <laughs> your authenticity is the cause of death uh, more than cancer or HIV or any other uh, man-made disease. When you live in your truth, you're more at risk. Um, <laughs> you know, the symptoms are severe. The outcomes are heinous. Um, it, it, it creates this state of fear when you're trying to live in truth and grace. Um, society doesn't want that, right? Because they create, they like to create world, a world full of lies. So truth is not wanted. So it doesn't matter what that looks like. It could look like somebody transitioning from one gender to the next, or, um, it could be a relationship with a, a black man and a white woman. Okay. Um, it doesn't matter, you know, if it's not, um, digestible according to what society portrays or deems it to be because a culture, when we look at culture, we have to look at the first four letters, the cult. <laughs> All right. And uh, I think we should probably look at the definition of that. So, yeah. Dr. Scholarly, your practice focuses on spiritual, mental health and well-being. How did you start doing this work? Um, Actually, I just, it, it, it called me, you know, I answered the call. That's how I see it. Um, it wasn't something I sought after. I just had experiences in life and I know what it took to overcome those experiences and how I felt through those experiences. 
And I just knew that I had a natural gift of just wanting people to just feel good about themselves. Um, my experiences with religion was traumatizing. So my spiritual journey started off with me just wanting to free myself off the um, boxes that religion created. I wanted to be open to what the Buddha said. I at least wanted to listen, right? I wanted to hear what um, the, the the Hebrew talked about. I wanted to hear what other denominations had to say. And I would take what was so fulfilling for me. Um, and, and I wanted to give myself that authority. So spirituality started off with that. And then as life happens, as I continue to grow and explore and experience, um, <laughs> I, I then developed an understanding of what, um, of the significance of spirituality when it came to my life. I was Thank listening you. to, I'm so sorry, Steve. No, go ahead, go ahead, Lisette. I was listening to your interview with Patrice Palmer. Oh, I and <clears throat> they said something really, really powerful. And then you talked about that understanding, but they said, um, something along the lines of the cruelest thing they ever did to us was take away, was take God away from us mm. because they took away our hope. Mm. And so I've been sitting in that all morning. Mm. Um, this idea of like leaving people hopeless and then finding power in, in your experience and finding spirituality all over again, right? Like as you find yourself finding um, spirit. And I just thought that was so beautiful because often, especially in the middle of all of this noise, right, with anti-trans legislation and um, I'm a mom, so I'm thinking like, how do I keep my kids safe all the time? It's hard not to lose sight of of that, to not feel uh, angry, right? And then, and then let it, and, and distance yourself from spiritual spaces because you're worried or you distrustful. Right. And so I'm going to sit with that all day. I found that really, really powerful and, and hearing you speak on spirituality and what it means to you was really meaningful for me to this morning. Um, I, I appreciate those conversations. Oh, thank you. I appreciate you even watching and taking the time, but yeah, I mean, my thing is we're, we're using the wrong equation when it comes to coming up with a solution, right? Society's equation is to divide and subtract, but individuals like ourselves, we're trying to multiply and add on, right? We wanna to add to life so we can multiply life, right? Because we know that when you subtract and divide, you're gonna equal, you know, it's, it, it's of lesser value. So when you're using the wrong equation, then you're gonna get the, the wrong solution to the, to, to the issue. And yeah, society took away God because they wanted to take away their hope. I mean, that hope. They wanted you to feel that they were God, right? Um, they created the laws. Uh, they have the policy. They have the regulation. They have the domination. You don't. You follow. I, I, you know, I told, I told I, I, on one of my talks, I talked about the crown. I said, the reason why the king is the king and the reason why the king wears the crown is for the mere fact that he has domination over the mind. And if you think about the chakras, right? You have the heart chakra, the crown chakra, what have you. The king controls the crown chakra. Why is that though? Because that's the mind. And what the mind does, the body follows. When man flesh surrenders their crown, their mind to another man, then of course you're going to live in fear. Of course you're, because you don't have no dominion over yourself. Talk about it. <laughs> Talk about, no, 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 no. Cause you're dropping, you are no, dropping so, so many jewels. You're dropping so many jewels. It's so funny. The cult of personality, like you said, culture and cult. And, and I just, I wanted to pick up on that because it's like, we talked in today's topics, we talked about the Trumps mm. and we're talking about a person who holds themselves out to be a billionaire but has constantly got his hand out begging for money. My, my civil defense fund, my criminal defense fund, help me, help me, help me, and always has his hand out. Why are people who are barely scraping two pennies together giving you a billionaire their money? Why are you not giving them your money? You are the person who is wealthy. 
self-professed millionaire. You know, the, the art of the deal should be the art of the steal because all he's doing is robbing these people of their money. And he has them thinking that somehow he's the next coming of Christ when all he is is a demon incarnate. And I'm not going to get all into spirituality and all this other stuff, but he has these people straight hoodwinked because of this cult of personality where they cannot, do not, and will not think for themselves, notwithstanding all the evidence that they have that this individual and many people like him are charlatans. Straight up people who do not have their best interests at heart at all have told you as such, but yet and still they'll continue to do things against their interest. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree. But it says in Psalm 37, right? And I'm not a religious scholar, great people, so please. <laughs> but it says in, in, in Psalms 37 that um, those that borrow with and do not pay back are cut off. The wicked, those who are righteous, will forever experience the inheritance of the divine. So it makes sense when you have a wicked person, energy, I'll say, a wicked soul asking those who are less fortunate because the meek are the blessed. And the meek will remain blessed for the mere fact that they are righteous at heart. I tell people real quick, I don't have a heart of gold. I have a heart of God. I dropped that L a long time ago. Wow. So, so I'm sorry, because I actually do have some questions about your gendered series, because I too watched a couple episodes and I was just like, wow, this, this, this dude is really going in. So you host a podcast, which features the gendered documentary series. Like, why did you start this series? And why do you think it's so important for the community? Absolutely. So uh, the series has been on my heart for some years. Um, I originally was going to start it as, um, you know, men of uh, black men of trans experience, because I felt that um, there's really not a platform where we can share our experiences. Right. Um, but then after contemplation, I, I, I opened it up just to create a safe space for our community, the trans and non-binary community to give voice, right? Now there's been docu-series with celebrities on there, of course, but what about our everyday people, right? Because our celebrities have these platforms, they're able to, you know, leverage certain things. But um, I wanted to create that safe space for us to give voice. Right now, what we have, social media, Instagram, and even then it's, it's, uh, it's it's tainted, the exposure, right? So I created this docuseries, one, with the intent to, I go off the five E's, to educate, to elevate, to enlighten and empower people to evolve so they can best affirm the identities of our community. And with this series, it's not just about the trans and non-binary community or members giving voice. I wanted to paint a full picture, right? I want to interview the spouse of the trans man, right? I want to interview the spouse of the trans woman. I want to interview the parent of that trans child. Because at the end of the day, or I want to interview the politician who is saying, yeah, no, this is wrong. Or saying, yeah, no, this is right paint a full picture and not because when you hear it from our mouths, you don't have to go off biased research. And I said it, biased research. Because when you listen to the docuseries, it's more empowering. I didn't want to paint a picture of depression, being underprivileged, being vulnerable, being this. I want it to be empowering. So when that trans child comes across this content and they see their visibility, they see representation because they see me, it gives them hope. It empowers them. It's like, you know what, man, oh, there's a doctor. He's trans. He's black. He looks like me. He's happy. He's married. He has two kids. So that's hope. Instead of turning on the news, listening to some law that, <laughs> you know, and getting and, and being scared exactly. and compromising their truth, because I knew what that was like. I'm 36 years old. I didn't find out about the trans and non-binary community until I was 30 when I crossed into an LGBT Greek org. Because in my community, that wasn't talked about. They barely wanted to talk about being gay and lesbian. So I created this docuseries to create visibility, to exemplify representation. And so people can hear powerful voices, truths. And it's not even about being trans. It's about people who are authentic, 
saying I exist. Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. One of your episodes, you, know, you talk to a, tra- a pansexual individual, and it's not, again, it's not about transgender necessarily. It's people living in their authentic selves. I'm sorry, Lisette, go ahead. No, living in your fullness. I think that if I can give myself a pat on the back, because I'm gonna, uh, Daniel, uh, I think the one thing that we did well was ensuring that Daniel was surrounded by community. And at first that started with young kids, right? Because we found a parent community. And so he was friends with a lot of young trans kids, right? And then I thought Daniel needs to see himself reflected in, in the world because I remember how important that was to see reflections of myself. Like when the Selena movie came out, I was like, oh my gosh, there's they're, uh, they're showing a movie of someone I idolized mm-hmm. on, on the big screen, right? Um, and, and so seeing reflections of yourself, but in real relationships, right? And so I made it a point to, to befriend, you know, community in my area. And, and through that and, and building trust, I have friendships, like one of my best friends, right? And so Daniel sees himself reflected every day in his world. And for him, he said, that's the hope, right? That the statistics I hear online aren't real. I can grow up and thrive and be married or not and have children and have a career. And I don't have to believe what people are saying about me. I get to see myself in the world. And that's so powerful. You need to tell us the five E's because now we're all going to live by them. Say them one more time. Education, elevation, enlightenment, empowerment, and evolution, and all in that sequence. Because just as an individual, when you educate yourself, you elevate. When you are, when you elevate, you become enlightened. And with enlightenment, you come, you, you are empowered to want to evolve into a greater version of oneself. So yes, and that's what society, this is the uh, equation to the solution, right? We must educate ourselves, be humble to learn. Be vulnerable mm-hmm. to learn. People are scared to learn because it requires change. It's not that they don't want to learn or know about our lives. It's because it's going to have to change what is of today. Tomorrow's not going to look like today. Yeah. And if we listen, and if I learn, and it's it's not that they don't want to know, because you know, even God told us not to eat from the tree of knowledge, but we still ate from it, didn't we? That's why we're here today. Uh My husband also said to early on in our journey, he said, it's because they don't want to be responsible for what they know. Yeah. Right. Like that responsibility of, okay, now I know, Mm -hmm. and now I know better, but but I don't necessarily want to be responsible for. I don't want to be responsible to do better. Mm -hmm. And, and, and you know, what's interesting to me is that it's not that they didn't know we existed. They knew. We just stayed hidden from now as time comes, things change. So your voice gets, it's just like when you get older, right? You start out crying, then you start with words, dialogue, and now you can communicate yourself. Now you have a voice. We are more, um, we have this audacity now where to tell you, no, this we're here. <laughs> Hello, how you doing? And it's, we're not in the caves anymore because they knew they just didn't want others to know. They didn't want it to be like this because now it's changing. Dr. Lee, you're, you're, you're so, you're so on point because as we see, you know, not only are they legislating away the rights of transgender and non-binary people, they're also looking to eliminate the knowledge that exists that that flows from this community. Like if you actually understood the roots of the civil rights movement, you would know that the non-binary, the 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 trans, the queer, like all of these people were at the epicenter of mm-hmm. these movements. They were not fringe participants. They were at the center because their rights were wrapped up in the rights that were being fought for. People don't know that, you know, it's intentional that the transgender community has been eliminated. You know, you think about colonialism around the world and you will find that the two spirits in the Americas are the same as those in the Aborigines. 
There's the same as those in the Hawaiian Islands or the same as those in Africa, in Asia, in all of the places that colonists went with religion and with their desire to basically oppress and conquer other people, it meant that you had to strip them of their language. You had to strip them of, the, of their culture. You had to strip them of their familial ties. You had to remove them from their places of origin and take them to other places and separate them. These are strategies of the oppressor that continue to be applied to this day that people don't want to recognize. It's like, if you don't know your history, you are damned and destined to repeat it. Mm. Yeah. And, and, and like I said, um, spiritually, we are powerful because we're a reflection um, of the unification of the divine masculine and feminine. What does that look like? It is a privilege. See, my trans identity, I was ashamed of it. I was, I, I was ashamed um, initially. Um, and it was because I didn't develop an understanding, right? Um, and an overstanding, I didn't understand it. I was angry at God for so long because I'm like, well, why did you make me this way? I didn't know it was called transgender or, you know, I just knew as a five-year-old and I'm just saying five, cause that's just the number that popped in my head. But ever since I can remember, mm -hmm. I had these feelings towards just this same gender. And what do I know about gender? All I know is that she's pretty <laughs> and he's cool. <laughs> I like his toys. <laughs> I don't feel like Barbie today. Okay. <laughs> We're going to church. Can I fit? Can I wear the suit and not the ruffle socks? Please and thank you, Grandma. <laughs> right? Like, that's all I know. I, I'm not putting all this stuff that society's created. So my escape was sleeping. I love to sleep, but then I would dream of being male. And then I would wake up depressed because that was not my reality. So here I am, this child, and I have to, and, and, and being empathic because children are so emotionally intelligent <laughs> and sensitive. So I know that I don't know who to talk about these feelings with, right? Um, so I was upset. I was suppressed. For 30 years, I was in prison because I was in a body that did not align with my truth, or I had all the all this stuff is being programmed into me, and naturally I'm resisting it because it's not my truth. So I didn't think that my transness was a privilege, but then when I took power back, and I made a decision, I said, you know what, if I'm gonna die. I'm gonna die, or if society's gonna crucify me, he's gonna crucify me on the cross of truth. I have to live my truth, because if I don't live my truth, then I'm gonna die living a lie. Do I wanna yeah. die living a lie? Or do I wanna die living my truth? And when you come at that crossroad, <laughs> right? Because it says you got two crosswords, one that many follow, one that few follow. I didn't choose either. I went straight and created my own path. I didn't yeah. follow the path that many follow. I didn't follow the path that was created for the few. I created a path for me. And right. that's what my trans identity exemplifies as well. So no longer am I underprivileged anymore. I'm overprivileged. I'm overly privileged because I was blessed to navigate life as a female. I was blessed to have the experiences of a male. And I am blessed to be vulnerable to unify my masculinity. Because even in me transitioning, I was transitioning from uh, a female to a cisgendered mindset. So then I had to redefine what what what, what masculinity was to me. Yes. So Dropping. <laughs> so I'm not transgender. I am trans. I am transcending. Society says I'm transgender. I'm transcending. Aren't we all? We're yes. supposed to be. Absolutely. <laughs> no. Absolutely. Like you're just just straight jewels just keep dropping <laughs> in this conversation. Like I'm 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 telling 
I'm just like slacking Lissette saying, hey, jump when you get a chance because, you know, there's just so much, there's so much wisdom coming out of you. Like, I love what you just said. You know, you're, you, you come to a crossroads and there's the path that many follow and the path that few follow. And I went down the middle. I, I made my own path. And it's so interesting because if you're looking at our Zoom, I have he, him pronouns. Lisa has she, Ella pronouns. And you have me, myself, and I pronouns. Like, I love that. That's so telling about who you are. Yeah, no, you chose yourself. And that's the, that's, that is freedom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? And I see that that through that freedom, you're now trying to empower trans youth and families. And so you have the Transparent Life Conversations, TLC, as you call it, which focuses on helping families of transgender people in all facets of life. What are some of the lessons you teach to these families? What are the most important kind of um, lessons that you feel transform them the most? Um. I told them to breathe. Don't forget to breathe. Like, and that's just a neutral message. We're suffocating. We're suffocating. And when you suffocate, your first reaction is to fight and flight. We're fighting. We're not loving. You know, we're bringing defense into environments instead of bringing um, love. I don't understand. We could bring the politics, but we could leave the love at home. We could bring, we could bring our opinions, but we could leave compassion. You know, so that's why I talk about developing an understanding. That's my main thing. Because when don't understand me, you're wasting your time. I even tell my parents, stop trying to understand your child. Understand them. Because when you understand them, then you connect to their heart. Your heart connects to them. Don't understand me because you're going to get frustrated. Just break the two words apart. You got under, then you got stand. Who want to stand under anybody? I don't. If I'm going to understand anything, it's going to be my truth. And that's it. That's where it stops. But I will understand you. And it is each and everybody's duty to overstand their worth and value. So I had to redefine trans to mean something empowering and unifying. And it's no longer associated with being a minority or underprivileged. It's now affiliated with having this badge of honor, right? Because I am now trans. I am triumphant over life's obstacles. Who has not been? I am resilient against adversity. Who has not been? I am an authentic, noble success. Who does not want to be? So when you look at me, that is what you see. You see a triumphant person who's resilient against adversity, who is authentic and who has an, and who is noble at heart and who's a success because I'm self-sufficient, I'm self-sustained. Trust yourself, respect yourself, affirm yourself, develop, you know, be daring and explore this newfound freedom. And ask yourself, what do you see? It doesn't matter how you flip the trans, but yeah, no, I'm going to be, I'll be trans all day. And I wear it proud because I took the power and I put the definition behind the word. I didn't allow society to do it. So everybody knows this brother went and copyrighted trans, (laughs) T-R-A-N-S. If you want to use it, you got to give him his just dues. So we're clear. Like this doctor is not here playing. He is really out here doing it. Um, Dr. Lee, it has been an absolute honor and pleasure for having you on our show today. We truly appreciate you and all that you do. Um, Again, Dr. Lee and I are going to be at the BTAC conference in Texas next week together. So we're chopping it up virtually, but we are going to chop it up in person. Um, Dr. Lee, again, it's it's been an honor. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much. We could have deeper, longer conversations, I know. And so I'm so sad that we have to cut this short. Oh, but you know what, Lisa? He did invite us onto his podcast some point in May. So we will have a chance to do this again, but we will be in the interviewee chair and he will be asking us the questions. Oh, I love that. So exciting. (laughs) All right. Thank you so much. Thank you. All right, folks. Now it's time for our recurring segment, Allies and assholes. 
where we highlight individuals or groups that are supporting the LGBTQIA community on one hand or are just straight up assholes on the other. Lisette, who are we talking about today? Our ally of the day is Montana State Representative Zoe Seffer. Representative Zoe Seffer recently stood up for trans kids in the House during a debate on amendments to the anti-transgender affirming care ban. I think that this is like so important to see representatives at the state level, at the federal level, speaking out for trans youth, for talking about why access to care is fundamental for all people, right? Um, not just trans people, but all people and giving them the right to make private personal decisions for themselves. It was incredible. And also that sign on letter that was sent out was necessary and needed. And I think it's a reminder to trans youth and trans people across the country that they aren't alone, that they have representation in government, whatever that means to, to them uh, with, re with regards to how policy impacts them. But it's so important to just know you're not in this fight alone. Absolutely. I, I think it's, it's interesting because Representative Zephyr did what the, the Justins did. You know, they stood up for their constituents and their constituents often are young voices that are oftentimes marginalized and go unheard and unheeded. And she wasn't about to let that happen, even though the, you know, the, the Montana House went ahead and passed that bill limiting access to gender affirming care for minors in the state. She stood up and she made her voice known. She made it known how she felt. She made it known that those representatives who were voting yes on that bill were going to have blood on their hands because they are going to have blood on their hands. She went on record. She said, uh, no, you're to blame. We're going to give it up for Representative Zoe Zephyr, uh, state representative from Montana, our ally of the week. But now we have the asshole of the week. The problem right now is that there's two really good candidates for asshole of the week. So my candidate for asshole of the week is Elon Musk. Now, I'm not going to talk about his, his SpaceX... <laughs> rocket that just blew up. I'm not going to talk about his space S rocket that just blew up in the sky. You know, that multi-billion dollar piece of junk that will take he and his foolish cronies to Mars. I'm not going to talk about that. That is not why he's the asshole of the week because he's throwing money away. It's because he, as the CEO of Twitter, recently removed content protections that would prevent people from dead naming and misgendering transgender and non-binary people off of his platform. So the Twitter policy previously prohibited targeting others with repeated slurs, tropes, or other content that intended to degrade or reinforce negative or hurtful stereotypes about a protected category, which included misgendering or dead naming of transgender individuals. But they removed that second line. They removed that second line. And so now it's a free-for-all on Twitter. And that makes Twitter, once again, an unsafe space online for transgender and non-binary people. And for that reason, this jerk face is my nominee for asshole of the week. But Lisette, you've got a different opinion. Well, I mean, I just feel like Elon Musk is asshole of all time, but that's just personally me. I wanted to say that the asshole of the week was uh, the, Florida, uh, the Florida House of Representatives. There were young activists who did a political action with parents and trans youth, um, threw underwear on them when they passed three anti-trans bills, which genius, good, throw underwear on them, make remind them what they're focused on, which isn't funding schools or making our world better, but rather focus on um, creating social issues that do not exist. And what they ended up doing was separating the youth from their parents for an hour. It's terrifying. I would have lost my mind. Um, and finally, the kids were reunified with their parents, but they were questioned unlawfully prior to. And so everyone is like, what kind of fascist fuckery is happening in Florida? So wow. that is my nomination. Wow. Okay, so that's a good one. That's a good one, but I have a couple questions for you. Number one, did any of the underwear have skid marks? Did they throw 
They threw. They were nice. They threw clean, oh, you know, because oh, they darn. care. Okay, they no, that's good. No, 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 no. You're right. They were raised by parents, so yeah, they wouldn't want to throw dirty underwear. But I would have preferred. They didn't want you know, anybody getting pink eye. I mean, they no. were like trying to be kind. Okay, okay. So that that is that is that. Okay, our, that's our side doesn't do harm in the same ways. But I mean, true. I would have. It would. I would have. It would have. It would have pleased me slightly to know that at least one had a dingleberry or something wrapped into the <laughs> cotton. But again, that's just me. That's just me. Um, this is going to be hard. This is going to be hardly said. So I propose, in order to decide this very difficult asshole of the week, we rock, paper, scissors it. Okay. I'm okay. Done. So okay. you know, one, two, three, shoot. Okay. 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 Ready. One, two, three, shoot. Oh, Paper covers rock. Elon Musk, you are our asshole of the day. Boo. Boo to Elon. He'll be back. We'll have him He'll, on yes. again. We'll have him on again. He'll, because yeah, he, he's a repeat offender. So I want to thank today's guest, Dr. Scholar Lee, for spending time with us today. I'd like to thank my co-host, Stephen Chakumba, for always bringing the fire and always making me laugh. Um, and I'm just so grateful for these really thoughtful conversations that we were able to have so far. Well, thank you, Lisette. Thank you, Dr. Lee. You know, the reality is that this show would not happen without the amazing support of my co-host. And actually, so, look, I got to give props where props are due. This podcast was Lisette's idea. She asked me like a hot minute ago and I was like, yeah, sure. And I just blasted it and she kept following up and here we are today. So Lisette, you know, without you, none of this would be possible. Um, so everyone, thank you for tuning into the Parent Advocate Podcast. Please join us again next time for our fourth, that's right, fourth episode. And as usual, please feel free to like, subscribe, follow, and do all the things you need to do to keep yourself up to date to everything we're doing here on the Parent Advocate Podcast. If you are thinking of harming yourself, get immediate support. Please reach out to The Trevor Project and connect to a crisis counselor 24-7, 365 a year from anywhere in the U.S. It's 100% confidential and 100% free. You can get help at thetrevorproject.org. If you'd like to support any of the organizations working actively to support LGBTQIA people, please visit the ACLU at action.aclu.org or the Human Rights Campaign at hrc.org. You've been listening to the Parent Advocate Podcast. Tune in again for another episode.